You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sweet 16 action from the south side of Chicago in this throwback league battle here tonight. The 05 White Sox, a three seed. Let's call it the Greg Luzinski Bowl. Because here come the 1980 Philadelphia Phillies as their opponent. Josh Lewin with you. Thanks for joining us. This March Madness-style bracket is getting smaller and smaller. Check the box scores and results, as always, at our website, thethrowbackleague.com. But get ready for a little Steve Carlton for your fine self tonight. He pitched for the White Sox instead of against him in 1986. But Carlton, in one of his Cy Young seasons as a Philly here in 1980, taking on the former Seattle Mariner, Freddie Garcia. We'll go in-depth on the home team in short order. But first, let's welcome in our pregame analyst, Hall of Fame announcer John Miller. He's got thoughts on the aging but talented team from back in Philly. That was a team of destiny, as it turns out, because uh, you know, I think it had been 30 years since they'd even been in a World Series, since the, the Wiz kids of 1950. And they had never won a World Series. This is a franchise going back to the 19th century. And uh, uh, so it was always sort of uh, a given, even if they made it all the way through, that they weren't going to win. And they had made it all the way through to the League Championship Series uh, a couple of times. And the Dodgers beat them in 77 and 78. And yet 1980 was when the stars were aligned. And... So many great players. I mean, Schmidt, you start there, but Steve Carlton in the rotation. Uh, such a, a, a fun Phillies team, 1980. Thanks, John. Yeah, the 80 Phillies were known as the Cardiac Kids because they had to come from behind to win so many games. 91 of them in the regular season to steal away with the NL East, barely. Then a fantastic NLCS dogfight with the Astros. They won that three games to two, four of the five games going extra innings, including the finale. And that led to a, a World Series against Kansas City that offered many intriguing storylines. Uh, Bob Walk becoming the first rookie to start game one of a World Series since Joe Black of Brooklyn back in 52. First of the many World Series that Lonnie Smith would get into. He'd go on to be part of the 82 World Series with the Cardinals, 85 with the Royals. 91 and 92 with the Braves. Memorably, Game 6 would be the culmination for the Phillies' first ever title. Philadelphia scoring two in the third on a Mike Schmidt single. Schmidt ended up the MVP of that series, and it was all Steve Carlton and Tug McGraw would need for a 4-1 win at the Vet back there in Philly. Everybody's celebrating after Game 6, but I want to take you back to Game 4, because already that game seemed decided in the Royals' favor when Dickie Knowles went back to the dugout after the third inning. 
Doug McGraw and Marty Bystrom found him in the dugout and tell him, uh, telling him he probably had to throw at a Royals batter to change the tone of the series. And Ole said he would do it. He did. Six-foot-two-inch right-hander from North Carolina. Spent five years in the Phillies farm system, overseen by Dallas Green before he became manager of the 80 Phillies. A lot of guys on that club, they came up through the Dallas Green School of Pitching, Dickie Knowles would later say. And that school of pitching is when people start to dig in and get comfortable at the plate, you got to let them know that you're out there. So uh, the National League style of pitching, if it means knocking somebody down, have at it. And the right chance appeared the next inning. Willie Mays Akins had already homered twice in the game. He was due up third. Two innings before that, that second home run, a towering blast that Knowles said traveled nine miles. And Akins with a bat flip, he stayed at a home plate to watch the homer soar out of the ballpark. So revenge, Dickie Knowles figured would come in the form of an inside fastball to Akins. But uh, he got along in the fourth inning, got Frank White. He threw two fastballs by George Brett to get it to 0-2. Akins on deck. But then he remembered Dallas Green used to tell us, why wait? You wait on the guy you want to hit, and sometimes it won't happen. So if you get 0-2 somebody, let them know. Come inside right there. That's what he did to George Brett, who then struck out the pitch after that. Now, the Phillies lost that game 5-3, but they didn't lose that tough guy momentum that Dickie Knowles established. They left Kansas City with a one-game series lead. They came back with two runs in the ninth to have that happen. And then two nights later, the Phillies were World Series champions. Ever since the Dickie Knowles uh, purpose pitch, they outscored Kansas City 10-4. So that pitch kind of turned the faucet off. That's what Mike Schmidt said later. If people talk about the, the home run or a big play, the change in momentum of a World Series, they would seldom say that one pitch that didn't even hit somebody would turn the tide. But everybody kind of points to that. And yeah, 11.29 p.m. a few nights later, Willie Wilson struck out against Tug McGraw. 12th time Wilson had struck out in that series, by the way. The Tugger flinging his glove in the air. The celebration was on. Steve Carlton had been the Cy Young Award winner that year. Schmidt, the regular season MVP in a unanimous vote. Led the league in home runs with 48. That was a 13-homer margin over his nearest competition. And we should point out 1980 was quite the year for the city of brotherly love. and the NHL, the Flyers got into the Stanley Cup Finals against the Islanders. NBA, the 76ers got there. They lost to the Lakers. The Eagles got into Super Bowl 15, but they lost to the Oakland Raiders. The Phillies got in, and they actually got it done. Here's a lineup submitted by Dallas Green tonight. Gary Maddox leads off. In center field, Pete Rose at first, Mike Schmidt at third. Bake McBride is in right field. Lonnie Smith will DH at bat fifth. Greg Luzinski is in left field. Manny Trio at second. Bob Boone is the catcher. Larry Boa is the shortstop. All right, let's spin forward a full generation now. You've met the road team. Let's talk about the home team, the 05 White Sox. I think get a raw deal as far as legacies are concerned. When they ended their 87-year championship drought by sweeping the Astros, they did so on the heels of the Red Sox breaking their curse in dramatic fashion just the year before. There were 18 books written about what happened regarding the Red Sox, three about the White Sox. And not only were the White Sox overshadowed preemptively by Boston, but their victory left the Crosstown Cubs with that lone multi-generational curse that instantly drew more attention than even the Sox winning at all. So needless to say, Southsiders are a long, much-deserved chip on their shoulders as the, the less heralded of the two Chicago teams. Ozzie Guillen's team, well, they were amazing just in getting to the World Series. They dropped Game 1 of the ALCS to Vlad Guerrero and the Angels, then the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. 
But then the White Sox won that ALCS behind four consecutive complete games. And we'll put that in perspective for you. In the entire 2019 playoffs, zero complete games. There were zero in 2018. We got one in 2017. That was Justin Verlander. We got three of them in 2016. But uh, not only did the 05 White Sox rattle off eight straight wins to clinch that World Series, but four straight complete games after that uh, game one loss, their only loss of the postseason. It was Mark Burley, John Garland, Freddie Garcia, who we'll hear from tonight, and Jose Contreras. And in terms of all-time rotations, Burley, Garland, Garcia, Contreras, that's not exactly Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, and Avery, but solid group who put together just a remarkable run. And we'll take it brick by brick. Burley had the, the best career of the four, the longtime ace. He was terrific defensively, great pickoff move, super durable. Led the American League in innings pitched in 04 and 05. Put up 200 inning seasons, 14 straight years. He fell short twice in his career. Rookie season, he made only three starts. That really doesn't count. His final season at age 36, he missed by an inning and a third. That for Toronto. And he still led the majors with four complete games. Mark Burley only once cracked the top five in Cy Young voting. But he was the, the very definition of a reliable workhorse. John Garland, he struggled to stay healthy a lot of his career, but he was at peak form in 05. 18 wins, 3.5 ERA, his only all-star appearance. Three complete game shutouts this year, but uh, that game three complete game in the ALCS, that was his first ever postseason appearance, and he would follow up. He was game three starter in Houston for the World Series. He struck out seven, gave up only a couple runs, was really good. Two more solid seasons in that rotation before they dealt him to the Angels for Orlando Cabrera. It was Freddie Garcia in game four of that ALCS. Conurco hit a three-run home run off Irvin Santana in the first inning. That settled everything in. And Garcia really had failed to capitalize on that tremendous potential he showed as a, a 24-year-old for the 0-1 Mariners. And really by 05, you could say his best years were behind him. But still, the White Sox got him mid-season the year before with another one-time heralded prospect in Ben Davis. They gave up Mike Morse, Miguel Olivo, and Jeremy Reed. So... There were the three straight complete games, but the White Sox up on the Angels three games to one. Jose Contreras would follow for him. And kind of like Garland, 05-06, the pinnacle of Contreras' stateside career. A Cuban import had uh, debuted as a 31-year-old with the Yankees in 03. They shipped him to the White Sox in 04 for Esteban Loaiza. So in many ways, Contreras may be the perfect guy to wrap up that ALCS because nothing high velocity. The, the spin rate, whatever you want to say, not tremendous, but just a guy who gets it over the plate, lets his defense do the work. And if you needed the bullpen, White Sox had a little bit of that. Dustin Hermanson, 34 saves, but he was really out of that role by the playoffs. He made just six more appearances in the majors after 05. Young Bobby Jenks had taken over as a closer in the playoffs, and it all worked out for a manager who was definitely his own man. Ozzie Guillen, even at age nine, you go back to there. His parents got divorced, and when he was given the choice of which parent to live with, he said, neither one of you. The heck with both of you. And he lived with a priest for two years before going to live in a foster home. Definitely his own dude, and they say born without a mute button. But GM Kenny Williams said, look, I, I didn't hire a guy to run IBM. The boss of a Fortune 500 company maybe can't get away with some of the things Ozzie Guillen says, but I just need a baseball manager, not a CEO. Pop culture, 2005. Just to get our framework down here. Sadly, this was the summer Hurricane Katrina hit. 
But we were able to cheer ourselves eventually because uh, YouTube had just been invented. Guitar Hero hit the shelves for the first time. Wedding Crashers was big at the box office. Lock it up. No, you lock it up. Desperate Housewives and Lost were big on TV. Arrested Development, House, Grey's Anatomy. There was Green Day on the radio, Spam-A-Lot on Broadway, and the, the big scandals, the Minnesota Vikings boat cruise was that summer. Several players allegedly performing lewd acts on a boat cruise on Lake Minnetonka. Yes, I'm talking to you, Fred Smoot. Uh, Robert Blake, star of the 70s detective series Beretta, acquitted of his wife's murder in 05, but that was after a contentious four-year legal drama, and he'd be found liable by a civil suit brought by his children. Oh, and this was the year a woman falsely claimed she found a finger in her food at Wendy's. Wendy's uh, lost $21 million in business, and this woman later revealed she had cooked the finger at her home and then drove it to Wendy's in San Jose, where she dropped it in the food. As our friend Jerry Seinfeld once said, people, they're the worst. Let's get to the White Sox lineup here at U.S. Cellular Field tonight. A humid, overcast evening here by 35th Street, south of downtown. Scott Bitsednik leads it off, the West Texas native. That's not actually in West Texas. West Texas is in East Texas. That's a story for another time. Left fielder batting first, and Tadahito Aguchi at second. Carl Everett will DH. Paul Konerko, the slugging first baseman. Note that Frank Thomas is hurt here in 05. Aaron Rowan is the center fielder. Jermaine Dye takes a turn in right. A.J. Przinski, the catcher, we'll hear from A.J. later in this broadcast. Joe Creedy at third, and the Motormouth shortstop is Juan Uribe. Freddy Garcia on the mound. He's taking his warm-up throws. 14-8 and eight this year, 3.87 RA. In that rotation, we mentioned with Burley, who was 16-8 with a 3.12. Garcia, big guy, 6'4", 235. And like his manager, grew up in Venezuela. Former White Sox great Louis Aparicio, a notable Venezuelan as well. Later, Mags Ordonez for good measure. Garcia, the former Mariner, where they called him the Chief, because supposedly he looks like the character named Chief in One Flew Over the, the Cuckoo's Nest, Chief Bromden. Superstitious is Freddy Garcia to the point of annoying. Must have fettuccine Alfredo with chicken on the day he pitches. It's been known to dump a girlfriend if he loses a few starts in a row, figuring it must be the girlfriend's fault. Physically, I think very much like Rick Sutcliffe. He's got what's called a high front side, making him tough for hitters to pick up. And he's going to try to get going here with Gary Maddox. 259 batter, 11 home runs, 73 batted in. Eight-time gold glover in the box. The L.A. native called the Secretary of Defense. Former San Francisco Giant, but for now on a 12-year run is a very popular Philly. Right-hand batter wearing number 31. He takes outside. We are underway. Set the defense for you. Put Sednik in left. Rowand in center. Die in right. Round the Hornets. Konerko at first. We mentioned Aguchi at second. Uribe is at short. Creedy is in a little bit at third. Next delivery. That sails high. It's 2-0. Humid, but we're told no threat of rain tonight here at U.S. Cellular Field. They just used to call it New Comiskey. 347 down the lines. That's a poke. 375 to the alleys. 400 to center field. Next delivery, fouled right at a home plate. It's 2-1. and one. White Sox in their black jersey tops with the white numerals, the black caps, and the white pinstripe pants, Phillies in the powder blues with the red trim, the red hats, the letter P 
on those caps in white with a hint to baseball in the middle of that lowercase stylized P. Pitch coming. High chopper near second base. Here comes Aguchi. He's got it and flings it to first in time. One down and it brings up Pete Rose. Switch hitter batting left. Now 39 years old. Hit 282 this year. Lifetime is 303. Rose was uh, many things, but never a big home run hitter, especially later here in his career. One home run this year. That was off Bill Gullickson in Montreal. Rose can actually be credited with uh, one save as well in the postseason. Ninth inning of World Series Game 6. Frank White's pop-up was dropped by Phillies catcher Bob Boone. Rose caught the drop for the second out of that inning. Rose swinging. He fouls it into the crowd left side. Nothing in one. Kind of crazy, but Rose actually went from April 24 of 79 till August 10 of 82 in between home runs in Philly. That's a stretch of around 650 at-bats. This is a guy who once had a three-home run game against the Mets just a year before that drought began. But he's a doubles guy now. Hits a lot of them. Taking here, and it's low. It's one and one. 160 career home runs for Pete, and 4,256 hits, of course, total, the all-time record. The hit king, who had some memorable games on the other side of Chicago up at Wrigley. Pitch is low here, two and one. You go back to when he was in pursuit of that Ty Cobb record of hits, then 4,130. Pete was a player manager that year, and during a tie game at Wrigley, he had the fifth inning single off Reggie Patterson. That got him even, but then he grounded out and struck out his final two appearances. And that worked out fine, because he could go home to Cincinnati, his hometown, and set the record the very next game against the Padres' Eric Schau. Pitch flies outside. It's 3-1. and one. No score here in the first inning. Dallas Green is Pete's manager here with the Phillies and a bit of a departure from the man in the other dugout, Ozzie Guillen. Ozzie, kind of the class clown. Green, the stern taskmaster. Dallas Green, 6'5", 210 in his playing days. A booming voice, very direct, very blunt. At least that is very much like Ozzie. Future GM of the aforementioned Cubs, native of Newport, Delaware. 3-1, swung on, sky towards left field. In comes Pitsednik. In shallow left, he will put it away, two down. So a nice start for Freddie Garcia. Apparently that fettuccine Alfredo is settling in on this warm night. Here is Mike Schmidt settling into the box. 48 home runs, 121 runs batted in, MVP numbers. The Ohio native, who was also World Series MVP this year, wearing that familiar number 20 on his back, right-hand batter taking over but low for ball one, off speed from Garcia. Schmidt standing far back in the batter's box. It's almost impossible to jam him if you want to come inside. Next delivery, that's outside in the count one and one. Growing up, Mike Schmidt's parents managed the Phillips Aquatic Club back in Ohio, founded by his mom's great-grandfather, Charles A. Phillips. And Mike was a lifeguard at that club every summer. This summer, it's about mashing baseballs, though. Those 48 home runs lapping the field in the NL. He'll end up with 548 for his career. Four more in the playoffs, too. 12-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glover in and waiting. 
And the pitch. Cranked in the left field. That's deep. Back, back, back for Pudzednik at the wall. He makes the catch. Right in front of the silhouette, retired number of Billy Pierce there in left center, number 19. Schmidt retired, and so are the Phillies here in the top of the first. We have no score as the 1980 Phillies will now take the field, and we will keep it here in 1980, pausing for this. Any other putter but a putt, putt, putter's gonna putt it in a puddle up. But a putt, putt, putter is a much better putter, cause putt, putt makes it fun. So putt, putt for the fun of it, putt, putt for the fun of it. So bring a date and your brother or your mate and your mother and putt, putt a hole in one. Putt, 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 makes it fun. So putt, putt for the fun of it, putt, putt for the fun of it, putt, putt for the fun of it, putt, putt for the fun of it. Let's also give you a word from our good friends from the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf here in 2020. We can suggest that you try out our awesome compatriots here, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, the best, most perfectly blended coffee on either coast of the great USA. You know, since 1963, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from all around the world with responsibly sourced ingredients and handcrafted coffees and teas. The Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, an experience like no other. No score as Steve Carlton gets up on the mound. 24-9 in 1980 with 13 complete games. ERA of 2-3-4. Best on the team by a bunch. You had Dick Ruthven at 3.5. Bob Walk at 4.5. Randy Lurch 5.16 with a 4-14 four record. Carlton did have the one half season with the White Sox in between his time with the Giants and Indians. Finally ended up as a Minnesota Twin in 88. But... Go back to 86, he started with the Giants. He pitched seven shutout innings in a game against the Pirates, in which he also hit a three-run home run. That was his only win as a Giant, but uh, along the way, he got his 4,000th career strikeout, struck out Eric the Red, Eric Davis, just the second pitcher to reach the 4,000 strikeout mark after Nolan Ryan had done it. But the day after that milestone, Carlton actually announced his retirement, August 7th, 1986. But... Very brief retirement. He had not submitted paperwork for the voluntary retired list. Didn't formally submit a letter of retirement to the National League. So he subsequently signed with the White Sox for the remainder of that 86 season just four days later. Facing Scott Pudsednik. Got to watch for that slider, of course. Pudsednik, 290 batter. Zero regular season home runs, but a couple biggies in the postseason. He takes a slider for a strike. It's 0-1. Carlton went with the White Sox, 4-3, 3.69. Again, that's fast forward to 86. That season, the Sox were still playing at Old Comiskey. A 72-90 team for Tony La Russa and Jim Fregosi, the latter replacing the former at midseason. Harold Baines, Greg Walker, Ron Kittle, 23-year-old left fielder named Bobby Bonilla, 22-year-old shortstop named Ozzie Guillen. The pitch is another slider swung on and missed, nothing in two. Only one pitcher winning more than 10 games for that 86 White Sox outfit. Joe Cowley won 11, but to have Carlton there, and you know, Tom Seaver passed through as a White Sox. Later on, Conseco, Griffey, Tomey. It seems like players at the ends of great careers. It's like welcome to the south side. Pitcher swung on, tipped foul up by first base coach Tim Raines. Joey Cora over there in the coaching box at third. Check the Phillies' defense for you while we have a moment. Maddox, the tremendous center fielder, flanked by Luzinski in left, McBride in right. Pete Rose at first, Mike Schmidt at third, and up the middle, Manny Trio at second, Larry Boa, the shortstop. 
Bob Boone setting up behind the home plate. Here's the pitch. That's rolled on the ground to first base. Pete Rose is there. He'll hustle to the bag. You wouldn't expect anything else. One down, and here's Tadahito Aguchi. Second baseman hitting 278, 15 home runs. For a White Sox team that was 57 and 29 the first half of the season, they had a 15 game lead as of August 1st. Then by mid September, it was down to a game and a half. As Aguchi takes outside, it's 1 0. The White Sox did pull away after that scare. Could have been an all time collapse for the ages. But they closed with a three game sweep in Cleveland. They won 11 of their 12 games in the playoffs. Pitch is outside 2 0. 11 and 1 in the postseason, done only by the 99 Yankees since the big red machine Cincinnati teams in the mid 70s. 11 and 0 on the road at one point down the stretch of that 05 season for Chicago. Carlton's next pitch high, 3 and 0 to Aguji. And again, those White Sox doing it mostly without the big hurt. Frank Thomas injured pretty much all year. All those years of being a White Sox staple, and when the team finally wins the World Series, Thomas only a spectator. And a team that did all that with baseball's 13th highest payroll. As the pitch is high, it is ball four. It's a four-pitch walk. No score, bottom of the first, and here's Carl Everett. Switch hitter who will get in there from the right side. 23 home runs for Carl, 87 batted in. Everett part of a subtle defensive improvement this year for the White Sox. They pretty much get to baseballs now. They turn what could be base hits into outs. They didn't do that well in 04, doing it very well in 05. Pitch to Everett, that's a strike, it's nothing in one. These White Sox joined the 97 Marlins as the only World Series champions without a 300 hitter or a 20-game winner. So, yeah, Everett and company is kind of the classic example of the collective sum being better than the individual parts. It was said of the 05 White Sox, they didn't bludgeon opponents like the Red Sox had done during their World Series run. As the pitch is high, it's one and one. It's not like they commit murders. They commit little misdemeanors. They just do whatever it takes to win the game, no more, no less. In the World Series, they never did beat a Houston starting pitcher. They won an LCS game and had a World Series game get one on late inning home runs by Scott Putsednik and Jeff Blum, guys that had combined to hit one home run for the White Sox the entire regular season. Noguchi, pretty good lead from first. He's going in the pitch, swung on, that's laced down the right field line. That is a fair ball heading towards the corner. Aguchi coming around third. He's heading in. The throw will be cut off. It is a double for Carl Everett. Tadahito Aguchi scoring to make it 1-0 Chicago. Now you get the righties up there instead of a lefty against Carlton, and maybe you're bound to have some better luck. After the walk to Aguchi, Everett able to slice one into the right field corner, going the other way. He's now at second for Paul Konerko. 283 hitter. And especially with Frank Thomas missing all but 30 games or so this year, just an, an enormous contributor. Remember last time these guys had been in a World Series, 1959, they were the Go-Go Sox. It was all about running around. Paul Konerko doesn't do that. 
Pitch to him is outside 1 and 0. And we mentioned, you know, the, the White Sox, they reduced payroll from the year before. Mags Ordonia sent packing. Carlos Lee and his big contract traded. They spent less and they won more. As the pitch is in there for a strike, it's one and one. Seeing the White Sox swapped what they lacked for what they already had. They had a bunch of powerful middle-of-the-order thumpers. They cashed out of some of that to go with speed at the top of the order. And the cynics all said, well, terrific. You finally get these guys who will get on base, but now who will drive them in? Uh, Konerko has got his hand in the air. And a guy like Everett, as we just saw, too. 1-1 delivery is hit on the ground towards second base. Everett moves to third. Konerko an easy out over there at first base. Manny Trio making that throw. Two down. And that'll bring up Aaron Rowan. Another right-hand batter, 270 hitter this year, 13 home runs. This is the last of his five years here in Chicago. This coming November, he'll get traded to these Phillies, along with Gio Gonzalez, that for Jim Tomey. Pitch to him is blasted foul back to the net, nothing in one. Good hack there against Steve Carlton. And Phillies fans will fall quickly in love with Aaron Rowan. May 11th of 06, his first year with the club, first inning of a game against the Mets. A spectacular play, smashing into the center field wall at Citizens Bank Park. Face first, full speed to Rob Xavier Nady with the bases loaded. That would have scored three runs. Rowan suffering a broken nose, severe lacerations all over his face. Phillies won that game. Rowan, seven hours of surgery to repair that schnoz. But he was a hero forever after that. Pitch is outside, one and one. And we mentioned there were White Sox outfielders on the move before this 05 season. Ordonez and Lee sent packing away. But Aaron Rowan, just one of those solid contributors. Taking here, and a strike, one and two. White Sox with the lead, and, you know, they set a major league record. They had a lead in each of their first 37 games. Old record was 25 games. You'd think those 35-5 and five Tigers of 84 might have uh, that major league record, but nope, the 05 White Sox. Here's a 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Down goes Aaron Rowan, and the inning is over. But one run in on the one base hit. We're at the end of one. The 05 White Sox won the 1980 Phillies. Nothing. We'll keep it here in 2005. Want the best in wireless? Look no further than your neighborhood Radio Shack. From the best name brand phones to the best wireless carriers, we've got it all. And now, during our best of the best wireless sale, get the best for even less. Like this new Verizon Wireless VX5200 camera phone by LG, just $29.99 with new two-year agreement. You'll also enjoy the best customer service. That's why our sales associates are number one in wireless customer satisfaction. And why we sell more wireless than any other consumer electronics retailer at Radio Shack. As we come back to U.S. Cellular Field, Nancy Faust at the organ. A.J. Przinski doing the catching in this game, finishing warming up Freddie Garcia right now. A.J. Przinski never one to not talk into a microphone. This was an easy get to have A.J. volunteer some things about what went so right for the 05 Southsiders. Okay, well, coming from the Giants to the White Sox in 2005, the major difference I felt 
when I stepped foot into the clubhouse was there was a belief. And I don't know if it started with Ozzy, our manager, Kenny, our general manager, uh, the players such as Paul Canerica. But we brought in a lot of new faces, Jermaine Dye, myself, uh, Tadahito Gucci from Japan, Pesednik. Uh There's a lot of new faces, and there was just a lot of hope. Uh, it hadn't manifested yet into belief. Um, but after being there for camp for a couple weeks, I remember our first spring training game, the first play was a ball down the left field line. Our left fielder dove and caught it in foul territory, Pesednik. And I was like, wow, you don't see that effort every day in spring training. And it kind of kept going building from there. We had a really good spring, and we got off to a really good start. And you could just feel the, the belief in the team from from 1 to 25 on the roster and guys we brought in and guys we brought up. Everyone believed, hey, this is something special. Nobody picked us to win anything. They picked us to finish fourth or fifth in the division. And next thing you know, after about 40 games, we're, we're up big in the division and, and, and cruising and looking like, hey, there's no way that anyone's going to catch us. And it just continued to grow and grow until the we won the division late in the year. And then once we got into the postseason, we won the first game big against Boston. And I believe that was when guys believed that, hey, we can do this and we can win the whole thing. And then as the playoffs progressed, people forget we went 11-1 in that playoffs. We only lost one game. Uh, we swept the Red Sox, who were the defending champions. We lost one first game to the Angels, and we won eight in a row and swept the Astros in the World Series. So it just brewed from the first day of spring training and continued to grow and grow. And then once we got in the playoffs and won the first game, it felt like we could never lose. All right, thanks so much to A.J. Przinski for weighing in. Colorful character and another one of these guys who you, you want on your side. You hate him if he's on the other team. So many things that he would do to rile the opposition. But he'd go on to a nice broadcasting career, still doing it for Fox as we speak. Let us speak about what else happens in this game. This matchup between the 80 Phillies and the 05 White Sox. 1-0 into the fourth inning. And again, Steve Carlton, a little bit more damage done in that bottom of the fourth. Paul Canerco leading off with a base hit, walloped in the left. Rowan to striking out for a second time. This time a called third strike, taking a look at a slider. But Jermaine Dye. A base hit, a little bloop in a center field that dropped. A.J. Pruszynski hitting into a fielder's choice, making it first and third with two out. Joe Creedy near the bottom of the order coming through, slashing one in a left center. That base hit making it 2 nothing. Again, the right-hand batter is getting something done. And then Juan Uribe almost taking one out of the yard. A deep drive to center, but Gary Maddox, Secretary of Defense, a sprinting over-the-shoulder catch right at the wall. Probably the defensive play of the game to hold it to 2 to nothing. Bottom of the fifth, White Sox looking for more damage, and Carlton, who can be wild sometimes, walking Pudsednik, and then he would steal second base. Scotty P with almost 60 stolen bases in 05 during the regular season. Oguchi with a walk as well. Carl Everett then banging in to a double play. That made it a runner at third, two out. They decided to intentionally walk Konerko to get to Rowan. You remember it already struck out twice, but this time Aaron Rowan winning out. Curling a single in the left center. That made it 3 to nothing. Jermaine Dye following up with a little ground ball to short. So a 3 nothing game with Freddie Garcia just cruising. In fact, taking a no-hitter through six innings. Had to face Pete Rozo to lead off in the seventh, and wouldn't you know it, clean base hit to center field, very reminiscent of the ball that he hit off Eric Schau that we mentioned earlier, that career base hit, number 41-91. It fell softly into center field. Rose was on. But the Phillies could not score. Freddy Garcia pitching very efficiently, very effectively. Not a big strikeout performance, but getting a lot of ground ball outs and moving right along. Matter of fact, we can move this thing at 3-0 Chicago. 
all the way along through the seventh, through the eighth. He doesn't want to go to the ninth. There is still a one hitter intact here for Freddy Garcia. Larry Boa will lead things off. Switch hitting 34-year-old. Little Spitfire shortstop born in Sacramento, California. The son of Paul Boa, former minor league infielder and manager in the Cardinals farm system. And as the story goes, Larry Boa tried out four, but never made his high school baseball team. But he did go to Sacramento City College, and he started there. Played well enough, he was expected to get drafted, but the Phillies, the one major league team interested in Boa, they sent the local scout, Eddie Bachman, to watch Boa play. Boa was ejected for arguing. Imagine that in that game. And Bachman really didn't get a chance to see him. But he had a winter league team in the area. Offered Larry Boa a chance to play. He played very well. Signed with the Phillies for a $2,000 bonus. That's it. So, I guess moral of the story is Larry Boa always seems to find a way. Can he find a way to get on base here and get something started? First pitch from Garcia. He bunts it right out in front of the plate. A.J. Pruszynski spins and fires it away. Down that first base line. Larry Boa scrambling. He's going to get to second base here as it's played back in. Well, there you go. That's probably going to be a bunt single in an E2. And, yep, that's how they're going to score it. Oh, A.J. Pruszynski is furious. You don't try to bunt your way on Larry Boa. Come on. Swing the bat like a man, right? <laughs> that's the, the look that A.J. Pruszynski has right now. And, of course, he's upset with himself for flinging that ball past Konerko and down the right field line. Nice job by Dye to go get it. He's got that great arm. And that's probably what uh, held Boa to just second base. You don't want to be thrown out at third, down 3 nothing. Here is Maddox. And let's see if Freddie Garcia can settle back in. Freddie Garcia's best year, we mentioned 2001. He vied for the Cy Young with Mark Mulder and Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens, the pitcher Garcia idolized growing up in Venezuela. And later he'll get his shot in the Yankees rotation in 2012. Well, Michael Pineda started out on the DL, but it didn't go well for Freddy Garcia. Soon after that, his career would end. But here in 05, boy, he's top form against these 1980 Phillies. As right now, what he likes to call the three C's, control, concentration, and confidence. I'm guessing the first two lead to that last one. This is a, a latchkey kid growing up in Caracas. Both of Freddy Garcia's parents worked and worked late, so he became very fiercely independent. That is a great trait for a pitcher whose very existence is one of solitude out there on the mound. Boa leading off of second base. Here's a pitch to Maddox. He stings one on the ground towards second, but right at Aguchi. Boa's going to move to third. And the toss to first for the out, one down. Well, that could have been interesting if the ball wasn't hit right at Aguchi. And Bobby Jenks is up in the bullpen now, even though the pitch count is very reasonable for Garcia. This is now a two-hit shutout. Here is Pete Rose. And Pete taking in for a strike. It's nothing in one. And as Garcia keeps mowing him down, we should mention Steve Carlton's pitching line. Eight innings, scattering eight hits. He did walk four. He struck out nine. That's not bad at all. He could get a, a complete game loss in this one. Pitches inside. It's now one and one. Steve Carlson, the 10-time All-Star, first ballot Hall of Famer. 
fellow Hall of Famer Willie Stargell, whose career length roughly paralleled Carlton, said trying to hit against Carlton is like trying to drink coffee with a fork. There's some of that going on with Garcia here against the Phillies. Garcia deals a strike on the inside edge. It's one and two. So Freddy Garcia, large and in charge out there. Looking in, has a sign from Przinski. Here he comes, swinging a chop ball at second base. Boa's got a hold. And on to first base, two down. Freddy Garcia, one out away from a two-hit shutout of these powerful all-star-laden 80 Phillies. Right now, he's got to get Michael Jack Schmidt. We were just talking about all-star games. Freddie Garcia made only two of them. That's about, what, 10 fewer than, uh, than Mike Schmidt. Freddie making his in the early 2000s with Seattle. He was runner-up for Rookie of the Year in the AL in 99. Finished behind Carlos Beltran. Boa down the line at third. And the pitch to Schmidt is belted deep into left center field. Pizetnik back. He won't get it. This is a two-run home run. The Phillies are back to within just one. It is three to two here in the top of the ninth inning. Mike Schmidt, regular season MVP, World Series MVP. He does not go gentle into that good night here in Chicago. That ball over the wall near the painting of Louis Aparicio to make it three to two. And it looks like Garcia will get, well, at least one more batter. Bake McBride is 0 for three. Only 95 pitches right now for, Mc, for uh, Garcia as he faces McBride. A total masterpiece. First pitch, it's low, ball one. To the one-time 37th round draft pick of the Cardinals. Came over to Philly midseason 77. And he'll stay here until moving on to the Indians to finish a 12-year big league career. This pitch in for a strike, it's one and one. Bake McBride, only nine home runs this year. He is a tying man. Does have 87 runs batted in, a career high. Nobody on, two out, 3-2 ball game, top of the ninth. Here's the set. The kick, the pitch. Ground ball towards short. This will do it. Uribe is there. Goes to first. Ball game. That's it. The White Sox hang on. The 05 White Sox, the three seed, take care of the 1980 Philadelphia Phillies. The final is three to two. And Freddie Garcia just outstanding in this one. The 05 White Sox have advanced and they will eventually meet up in the Elite Eight with the winner of next week's game. Next week as the Sweet 16 continues, what a matchup we have for you. A one seed against a four seed. The 86 Mets hosting the 79 We Are Family Pittsburgh Pirates. Doc Gooden against Burt Blylevin in that one. Dave Parker against Daryl Strawberry. I mean, come on. This is starting to get really good. We hope you're enjoying the Throwback League. Please leave us a nice review if you are doing that and tell your friends all about it. We're going to keep this going right up until New Year's. And uh, we really hope that you're checking out the website, too. That's where you find all the box scores. You can look at the brackets. You can leave us a comment. Uh, just go crazy. Have a great time on the website, thethrowbackleague.com. And we're on Twitter, too, 
at the throwback LG. Once again, the final here in Chicago tonight, the 05 White Sox 3, the 80 Phillies 2. This is Josh Lewin. Bye-bye.